1: Let's get this party started. This is ghetto. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570.
0: It's on a website.
2: This is FNA. Man,
0: get out my way and watch out
2: as I come.
1: I am a god. Now what? Why don't you get out of that jumpsuit and let me smack that fat ass? <laughs> That's a scary crew.
0: <laughs> as far as the product goes, uh, voice of a new generation,
1: man. You guys are the young guys. Who do
0: you love? really at the top of their games the two of them had something in common we
2: bring you radio ecstasy
1: oh it's beautiful
0: broadcasting live from the studios of am 570 fna fna let it happen this is the fna podcast
1: welcome into the fna podcast on a monday i am
0: not here to get my ass beat
1: on monday it's good to be back with you guys i'm adam osland he's kevin figures one show last week last tuesday took the rest of the week off for thanksgiving hope you guys had a good one i know i did i ate a lot if you know what the smokehouse is in burbank they have this garlic cheese bread they're well known for it and i got two full-size loaves you ate two giant loaves of garlic cheese bread impressive I ate one on Thanksgiving. Okay. You had one as quote-unquote leftovers, right? Yeah. Okay. And then one the next day. Nice. All right. And within a 24-hour period, I did gain five pounds. We're all a little chubby. That'll happen. I weighed myself the morning of Thanksgiving and the morning after. Same time, five pounds heavier. That's a hell of an accomplishment. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) Well. Did anyone else weigh themselves? Probably, I find it uh, interesting.
2: Yeah, I think there might be other people who uh, who uh, who take that challenge. You know, I did feel kind of cool. The, did you take the before and after photos, and did it look like you were pregnant with eight but, uh eight kids?
1: I'm not messing with those photos. Yeah, okay, hey, fat ass. <laughs> just, just in case they
2: leak, someone hacks my Google Photos. And thankfully, I guess not for my own personal entertainment, but for the personal health of others, didn't see as many about Black Friday fights as uh, as we're so accustomed to these last few years. Ah, oh, girl- The the restrictions on many of the sales and stores being open and the amount of people who can be allowed in at one time.
1: No one got trampled in Walmart for Turbo Man.
2: I don't know if anyone got, if it didn't happen, I just know I didn't see it <laughs> yeah. where it would normally flood my timeline uh, all weekend long. That's true. I didn't see it on Twitter either. Hey, my my that guess stuff is
1: love to go viral before.
2: Yeah. So I'm more th- people are more doing this, the cyber Monday stuff now. So which is today, which is perfect because uh, if you go to fnapodcast.com There's an Amazon banner you can click on. Mm -hmm. So before you go to Amazon and do your Cyber Monday shopping, uh, go uh, mosey on over to FNApodcast.com, click on the Amazon leak, and uh, and help us out a little bit too. Hurry up and buy. Don't have to rush when you get there. Just... (laughs) Just click on the link and then stay
1: on Amazon for as long as you want. Fill up your cart as fast as you can in the virtual world, just like if you were there at the store. No doubt.
2: (laughs) Speaking of virtual and virtual reality
1: and such, uh, Mm. we uh, have uh, Geek News, do we not, today? We do. In Geek News, what's new to Netflix in the month of December? We'll tell you everything that's going to be there tomorrow and we're not going to tell you everything that's leaving because there's really no time. You're, <laughs> you're screwed. It's already gone. You're out. Pretty much, depending on when you hear this podcast. Yeah. But uh, There's some good movies, a good Adam Sandler movie, a bad Adam Sandler movie coming. Uh, I'm assuming
2: there's Christmas movies being rolled out.
1: There's a couple of them, yeah. We'll get into those as well. But everything in Netflix on December 1st.
2: Okay. We have that coming up on the back end of the show. No voicemails came in over the weekend, which is fine. We normally yell at you, but it is a holiday weekend. The hell? We understand. It's okay. fine. No, it doesn't, doesn't bother does not bother me. I totally understand if you don't want to, you know, push the turkey to the side, come and yell at us. Fine you by know, me. I understand. I'm
1: lying. NFL. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it does hurt. Yeah. I'm
2: lying. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit hurt. I mean a little bit. It literally takes like 45 seconds just to, you know, drop us a vine, you know, give us a call for a yeah. little bit. Did wish you watch any of those a happy movies Thanksgiving. we
1: recommended last week?
2: Yeah, wish us a happy Thanksgiving or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, where's the respect around here? Respect. Oh, it's cool, I'll just I'll cry on my own. As Adam mentioned a second ago, it is uh, time for the uh, NFL six-pack.
1: Go.
2: Go the- Best win, worst loss, moral victory, moral defeat, biggest surprise, and epic fail.
1: Adam. I'll go best win to start things off. Yo, win. My best win is going to dinosaur believers. Those that believe in the overwhelming fossil evidence and the found footage of them in the excellent documentary Tammy and the T-Rex, highly recommended. Because yesterday the skeptics and dinosaur deniers like William Hayes had to see a real life dinosaur still roaming the earth on Sunday. I'm not talking about Tom Brady, but the Brachiosaurus of sports, the long necked quarterback Mike Glennon, who was under center for the Jaguars yesterday after not starting a game in two years. And this guy looks like a rock'em sock'em robot after they get rocked and turned into a Pez dispenser. If only Jake Paul would have uppercutted Nate Robinson instead, he would have gained 6 inches. But no one has a neck like Mike Lennon. His neck stretches out like a fruit by the foot. It looks 3 feet long, like it's 3 paint cans stacked on top of one another. He's listed as 6-7, but he'd be 4-9 without the go-go gadget neck. His Adam's apple alone has more cartilage in it than a shark. It's sad having a neck that long, really. I'm sure it affects every part of his life. Forget running into doorways. He can't even give his wife head. Gives her neck <laughs> he could accidentally choke himself to death by putting his neck in a knot you need a two man saw in order to give this guy a tracheotomy he is the human periscope Mike Glennon but he played pretty well yesterday actually he wasn't the reason they lost that game to the Browns it was close and there's no lineman he can't look over obviously he sees the field really well he's just like a giraffe he can't move that well <laughs> too top heavy but best win goes to the dinosaurs and those who believe in dinosaurs.
2: Unfortunately, the GM, David Caldwell, probably doesn't agree because he lost his job Aww. after the Jacksonville Jaguars lost that out. game. You're out. But I'm glad. Yeah, that, I guess that was his parting gift. I I, get, I grant you a Velociraptor. There you go, Jaguars. <laughs> Hopefully that works for you. Uh, my best win goes all the way back to Thanksgiving. And I'm actually tying the, my best win in with my moral defeat. Oh. Uh, you win. The Washington football team hammered the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Alex Smith, a bit of a resurgence. Wasn't phenomenal but certainly serviceable enough and playing bet the best quarterbacking that the read, excuse me, the Washington football team that was going to happen and is going to continue to
1: happen. And hey, Michael Strahan did it yeah. on uh, Thanksgiving. The best quarterbacking
2: they're going to see or have seen for quite a while. Uh, and look, all they need him to do is be efficient not turn it over, which he didn't. He did have one interception on a tip ball and they ran the ball pretty well against look, <laughs> it's a bad Dallas Cowboy team, but it's a bad NFC East division. So my best win goes to the Redskins for at least brief. I did it again. For the, the Washington football team, for taking a brief lead in the NFC East uh, on Thursday, they were surpassed by the Giants and their gutsy victory over the the boroughless Cincinnati Bengals, who look awful. There's not a good team in the East, but somebody has to make the playoffs. That is my moral defeat. The okay. fact that somebody out of the division has to make it. But I'm giving uh, the nod to the Washington football team right now, because I do think they are the best team. Their defensive line is ridiculous. Their defense overall is not terrible. If they just not make mistakes offensively, there's pr- probably an easy path for them to be able to win that division, and maybe they get six wins.
1: They seem to play the most inspired football, if you will, in the NFC East, maybe because of what Ron Rivera went through and Alex Smith coming back now. Doesn't hurt. And I and like to say the Giants
2: play hard, too. I think the Giants aren't that talented. But they do play hard for Joe Judge, so they at least show some effort more than I can say for what the Eagles do, or, or you know, on a weekly basis. And the Dallas Cowboys, at times, especially on Thanksgiving, they just didn't show up, just didn't show up. So my best win goes to the Washington Football Team uh, for recovering from a bad start to the season. They're still bad, by the way. Everybody in that division is bad, but somebody no one deserves to win. Somebody it. has to win it, right? And shame on you, NFL. Shame on you. They should just relegate that entire division. If there was relegate ever them to the a XFL. year. Do it now.
1: They were talking about expanding to eight teams mid-season. Why not make an amendment out of nowhere? Everyone would be fine with it. They don't deserve a team to make it. In fact, they better go to eight teams because we need that extra team because there should be one more team instead of a team coming out of the NFC East into the playoffs. 100%. We'll stick with the NFC East then. (laughs) My moral defeat goes to the Eagles, who haven't even played yet, which is a win for them. They play and lose later tonight, but they still take a moral defeat because EDP 445 is not going to let them up off the mat. Here he was talking about their head coach and some news that came out earlier this week.
0: All right. So there's a rumor going around that this punk ass bitch made dick sucking motherfucking head coach. You know, the fucking scrub ass motherfucker. The scrubbery is real with this whack ass nigga. He's over here running his fucking mouth, you know, flapping his fucking gums about, you know, he wouldn't be totally unhappy if the Eagles fired him at the end of the year. Doug Peterson has been a scrub-ass, garbage, disgraceful fucking head coach. His entire motherfucking, I guess you want to call it, hold on one second here. Oh, fuck lactose intolerant holy fuck my nigga he
1: farted
0: you know what i mean doug peterson has been a scrub ass motherfucking head coach since the day he walked in this motherfucker bro like come the fuck on dog 2017 motherfucker you win the super bowl okay good fucking shit too bad nigga was a motherfucking fluke too bad it was all your offensive coordinator and not your scrub motherfucking dick sucking ass you feel me Frank Wright, nigga, when you called stupid motherfucking shit, he had to fucking jump in, slap the fuck out of you, and bail your dumb ass out. You feel me? He did a great fucking job because everybody was fooled. Oh, my God. Doug Peterson, look at him. He big balls, (laughs) Doug. He fucking sucks dick, nigga. He's fucking horrible. He's a terrible fucking coach.
2: Well, I wouldn't uh, express it as um, dramatically. Or as um, with as many uh, with as many expletives. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I don't think that EDP is wrong, and uh, Doug Peterson has gotten a lot of incoming nationwide and specifically in Philadelphia for a lot of coaching blunders and uh, head scratching moves and decisions within games. This is not like okay, they don't have talent at the receiver position, which is a general manager thing or anything like that. Just his decision making, the things he can control in between the lines. Are just
1: really puzzling at times. He's making us look like damn fools for defending Carson Wentz for so long, and I still will. I
2: will too. I I'm mean, putting
1: look, it on Peterson.
2: Oh, look, Carson Wentz ain't having a great year either. I mean, it's and like there awful. are times where Carson Wentz is missing wide open guys and throwing bad interceptions, so it goes hand in hand. But again, there have been times, many times over, where he could have coached better, and he hasn't. And mm-hmm. the, the thoughts of people saying that Frank Reich and EDP mentioned it a second ago was the head of the snake. You know, that's starting to prove itself out more and more as you look at what the Colts are doing. You brought this you, up earlier this season. And you look at where the Eagles are right now. So it would not surprise me. You know, I I got into a discussion with Anthony Gargano, who works on Fox Sports Radio on the weekends, and he works out in Philadelphia. You know, how long of a leash did you give Doug Peterson? Because, as EDP mentioned, it was just three years ago, they won the Super Bowl, fluky or not. They got there and they won it.
1: I love how dismissive he is of them winning their first Super Bowl.
2: Ever. Ever. Way to go, winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> but look, we've seen this in the past. You know, this happened uh, with uh, in, co- in college football, in the time where you win a national championship. Gene Chiswick was the head coach at Auburn with Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. A year and a half later, he was out. Out. Just also, that, you're out. Just that quickly. So people have short memories. Especially, it'd be one thing if you were struggling, but you were still winning games. If the Eagles were 500 and the expectations were higher, you say maybe they have things to be able to work through. There's no reason why they should be this bad.
1: Everyone in that division has no excuse for not running away with the NFC East this season. It's that pathetic. Yeah, well, the I mean, my Eagles thing is should have, I mean, six wins. They were nine and seven. I think the last couple of years, yeah. the Eagles and they Cowboys should not be this bad
2: injuries, despite all of that, they even with the injuries to Dak Prescott, the Cowboys talent wise should be much better than the way that they're playing right now. And they're not mm-hmm. the Eagles talent wise, maybe not so from the skill position pl- uh, players, but defensively on the offensive line. And I know they had a couple of injuries there here and there. They should be better than they are right now. The Redskins and the Giants. You expected them to be have four wins at this point in time. You yeah. didn't expect them to have four wins and be in first and second place in the NFC East. That's the problem. The <laughs> Eagles and the Cowboys are the ones who are not holding their water here.
1: I think the NFC East, I mean, we called it the very bad division at the beginning of the year since, like the Washington Redskins, they don't deserve to be called the NFC East or they don't deserve to have a real name. But uh, someone's going to win the division with six six wins? That's way it's looking. It's going to be less... Than what seattle did back in 2011 or 2012 when they went 7 and 9 in the NFC West which now looks like the best division <laughs> yeah it's it's painful especially when you have to watch those games prim- in prime time oh yeah and
2: they're going to keep putting them on cuz they know they get their big east coast audience from it but the trash games and watch seattle's going to run all over the eagles again tonight and I saw, I guess, Jalen Hurts was taking first-team reps, and he's going to get more playing time tonight. Yeah. Doug bri- Peterson had to answer yeah. questions about that. Yeah, great. Let's see a rookie who got benched because he couldn't throw in college and see what he does at the NFL level. This will he- go really well. It'll be a spark, Kevin. Yeah, sure he will. <laughs> he'll spark will spark right into the ass of Doug Peterson on his way out of the door. Uh, speaking of the NFC West, my worst loss goes to the Rams. You taking it on the chin at SoFi against the San Francisco 49ers. The problem with Jared Goff, there's never an in-between. He's either really good or he's terrible. You know, when he turns the ball over more than once, they lose, and when he doesn't, they win. It really is as simple as that. A couple of weeks ago they got a big victory. Didn't turn the, didn't throw a touchdown, but he also didn't throw the ball away and didn't have any turnovers and they won the ball they won the game going away. Had a couple of turnovers on Monday night against Tampa Bay, they were able to make enough plays to win that game. Against San Francisco, three turnovers, a couple of bad interceptions. Look, they were right there the entire game. Uh, it was, I won't say it's inexcusable, but something is amiss. Whether he feels too comfortable or whether teams have figured him out, they're not running the ball enough. You can't just have a guy go out there throwing games away. And Sean McVay said that himself basically after the
1: game. I also had this as my worst loss. <laughs> it looked like they fell into the trapdoor type of game after beating the Bucks on Monday night. They had that big letdown. But Debo Samuel and the 49ers were waiting for them right outside their own house and they hadn't lost yet, I think, it's so far, the Rams.
2: Yeah, and this was Debo's first game back in a while, so he's a he's a big piece of what the 49ers do.
1: But still, it's Nick Mullins. <laughs> in this case, the 49ers were more like Craig, and the underdog that the Rams underestimated. You know, they saw the 49ers as a garbage team before getting hammered over the head with the trash can, like Debo yeah. had hit on him by Craig. And you know, it also. Uh, Tends to lurk around trash cans. Rats like Carl Shanahan, <laughs> who has splinter like smarts when it comes to game planning. I made a funny- he burrowed into that playbook and found the hot, stinking cheese of offensive play calls to somehow get 23 points against a Rams defense that had been really. Well, look. Really good. The Rams' defense played extremely well yesterday. I mean, there was a pick six that Jared Goff threw.
2: That's six, that's six points right there. Totally irrelevant. And, I mean, Aaron Donald was unblockable, caused one of the interceptions. I mean, I, I'm not pinning this loss on the on the Rams' defense at all. They played well enough to be able to win that game for sure. It's not like the San Francisco 49ers' offense lit the lit the game on fire or set the world
1: on fire. True. But they are decimated by injuries, and you know I love Kyle Shanahan. Sure,
2: Then they can—they're another team that plays hard. They're competing. They know they don't have—they've had a lot of injuries. They've had COVID issues, but they are team. They're what they five hundred? Are they five and six or whatever it is? Something like that. They're they're hovering around five hundred. So kudos to them. But if you're the Rams, you're supposed to be the class of the West. You had a chance to create separation. Right now, you're neck and neck with Seattle. Assuming Seattle wins tonight, they jump you by a game. Mm-hmm. I know you've already beaten them once. But you still got to get them again get them again.
1: And the 49ers have the Rams number. They have beaten them four straight times now.
2: Yeah. And again, this loss was was inexcusable. You yeah. know, for, for a team
1: that, you know. I'd be pissed if I was a Rams fan. I would
2: too. Especially for the way that it played itself out. Like I said, defensively, they've been spectacular all season long. On offense, they just have to be able to find that consistency. And for whatever reason, Jerry Goff has not been able to bring it.
1: And they're definitely going to be a game back after tonight. Hawks ain't losing the battle of the birds to the Eagles, right? I wouldn't think so.
2: <laughs> I was saying crazier things. I thought, Watch, you're right. I talk trash about Jalen Hurts. He's going to have five touchdowns and no picks and run for 200 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> what are we going with next here? Uh, well, I do have a moral victory. Okay. Okay. Yo, I'm going to go there. Uh, and I'm giving it to Tom Brady. Congratulations on the greatest of all time finally connecting on a pass further than 20 yards down the field. He had been 0 for 18 since week 8 in passes of 20 yards or more. This is 20 air yards. This is not a dump off pass to that little I can't think of who's the little number 10. I don't want to say the little white receiver, but he is Whoever Godwin, no, Chris Godwin's not white. Um, the other, I can't think of his name. This is not a dump off in a run after catch situation. Air yards like to the air, had yeah, for yeah. that touchdown. No, no, he completed a couple. He completed a deep pass, a 44-yarder to Chris Godwin. Gronk had his first really breakout game, over 100 yards receiving. He had a couple. Uh, he had a deep ball to Gronk. It didn't show itself well in the win column, uh, but I guess a moral victory for Tom. I guess hey, maybe you can complete a ball more than 20 yards downfield. It'd be nice if it actually. Meant something in the final score, yeah. but kudos to you. Your yeah. noodle
1: arm had a bit of a resurgence for at least one week. <laughs> My moral victory goes to the Oakland Raiders.
2: The Raiders suck. The Oakland Raiders.
1: I was like, the Las Vegas Raiders.
2: I was like, hey, the Oakland Raiders didn't lose yesterday. Moral <laughs> victory for
1: you guys. Congratulations. <laughs> now, if you didn't know, Kevin is a Raiders fan, I think he still is. And yeah, they, they're lucky to have you. I don't change my allegiance. What's the I, point? <laughs> Who does that? You may also know I'm a fan of the Carolina Panthers. Right. And even though they are 4-8 and eight this season. And lost to the Raiders head to hit. I still have them in my category of my Panthers because I like the way they played, given their lack of talent on the team. And they could easily have a couple more wins. For instance, they should have won yesterday's game where they led by 11 With 11 minutes left against the Vikings, they led by six with under two minutes left just to see Chad Beebe score the winning touchdown when he had... One of the two back-to-back fumbles that were returned for a touchdown by Panther Jeremy Sweet Chin Music. That that has to be a record.
2: I'm sure there were some stats floating around somewhere, but he scored two touchdowns in less than 10 seconds or whatever it was. On
1: back-to-back offensive possessions by the Vikings, they fumbled to the same guy, and he returned both of them for touchdowns, and yet the Panthers still somehow lost this game. That's very raider by the way, to have something like that happen. Well, that painful loss got me thinking. At least the Raiders just got their asses beat, leaving no doubt that they were going to lose, unlike my Panthers, who played with my emotions and have all season. I'd rather be a Raiders fan and watch my team lose virtually every play of that game yesterday, so I know it's over early. If you're going to play like ass, play like ass to the point where you aren't hanging on to one play here or there as a fan and thinking how this or that could have changed the outcome. Because that's where I'm at right now.
2: Yeah, that if, happens.
1: If I'm going to get rejected by a beautiful woman, I want her to throw the drink in my face. Not invite me over or make me think it's happening just for me to end up alone with some Jergens later. That's mm. what it's been like with the Panthers. I'm being CP teased by the Carolina Panthers. Kevin, you're lucky. When the Raiders lose... They just get fucking demolished. <laughs> well, when well, they lost yesterday, <laughs> okay.
2: I mean, they lost a uh, one score against the Chiefs on Sunday night. But uh, your point is well taken. And I think I've said this at times too. I'd rather just get my ass kicked completely than be teased to it throughout the entire game and then lose yeah. at the very end. I said this about the Super Bowl in 2002. Hey, yeah. they got their ass kicked right coming off the bus. Cool. <laughs> At least I know what I'm in for. Dexter I Jackson. I don't want to lose like the Panthers lost to the Patriots, or oh. you know, or like how the Bills lost to the Giants way back in the day. On oh the, God, why? The, the Norwood. I don't want the lose Atlanta that way. Falcons lost. Yeah. How they lost to the Patriots. That is probably the worst way to lose. Yeah, it is. Uh, so just have leave no doubt. And look, I can also chalk it up. Now I did make the Raiders lost to the Falcons an epic fail because it is when you're you're fighting. For a wild card spot, and you lose to a team that is literally going nowhere.
0: What the hell happened? I don't
2: know what the Raiders, uh, what the what they were favored by, but my guess is they were favored by at least a touchdown going into Atlanta, and the wheels just came off. It was the worst performance by the offensive line all season long. Derek Carr, believe it or not, actually didn't play terribly. His receivers were dropping passes left and right. He never had time to throw. He lost three fumbles yeah. uh, because he had because he had no time to throw the defense honestly didn't play horribly as hard as that is to say when you've given up 43 points but one of those pick six three short fields within the 30 yard line that the falcons had going in to score touchdowns it was one of those overall bad days to which your your point which i agree with you can always chalk it up and say hey man we ain't have it hey man i ain't got it clear the mechanism this is one of them days where we just didn't have it it was horrible it shouldn't happen but we just didn't have it. We didn't fight back and come back and, and you know to lose by three or whatever it was. We got our asses kicked from the opening kickoff. You throw away the film. You come back next week 0 and get the 0-11 Jets and get you a victory. The loss to Kansas City was probably more painful. Definitely. because Even you are, though
1: Kansas City's really good, the Raiders could have
2: beat them again. You're on the verge of sweeping the Kansas City Chiefs in your division. You're not going to catch them because it's of last their, time that their happened. overall record. Probably that year that they uh, swept oh. the entire division and <laughs> didn't make the playoffs. What's harder? Is it harder for the same player to recover uh, two fumbles or get two turnovers and score touchdowns in less than 10 seconds? Or is it harder for a team to sweep their division and miss the playoffs? I think. What's what's less likely? What's the, the ESPN
1: index on that? It's it's probably the fumbles because it's even less flukier. dependent on what you do. It's more flukier, right? You need some help. Yeah. And the Panthers got it and still lost. Yeah, that's tough. My old Troy epic fail here. And I'll play it. Why not?
0: Set. Oh, my God, he fucking missed it. You gotta be fucking kidding me. He fucking missed it. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Sly. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, Troy. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. My epic fail of the week, and you could say this almost every week this season, but it's going to the L.A. Chargers. We like Anthony Lynn. He looks like a leader of men, yells like a leader of men, might smell like a leader of men. I don't know if he wears brute cologne because he's starting to smell more like desperation. And that is a stinky cologne as the Chargers are desperate for a win. They lost again. And while we have said before, I don't know if there's anything specific that you could point to when it comes to in-game management errors with Anthony Lynn.
2: He had a couple of fourth downs that he went for yesterday that I think were
1: fairly questionable at the time. Oh, yeah, I think there were some bad things yesterday. I think this was the first time that he really came up short. And Maybe it was a sign of a desperate coach, too. I mean, I don't (laughs) know if you can totally discount that. Well, they were down 10. Yes. With very little time left. Yes, they probably had less of a chance of winning that game than... Never
0: tell me the odds.
1: Jeremy Chin getting those those fumbles returned. But you have to give yourself a chance. Instead of running the ball without a timeout left, with 20 seconds left in the game. That's that's coaching malpractice. How could you do that?
0: The kids are playing their tail oh, up, you know, and the coaches are screwing it up.
2: They're never going to see this coming. <laughs> That's what one of those is. Oh, you know what? That's when you
1: out, you outsmart yourself on one of those things. He said there was miscommunication. I would like him to be pressed on that answer and see exactly what happened there.
2: It could be. And look, that could have nothing to do with him. That could be a Shane Steichen, Justin Herbert issue. I don't know.
1: Now, he said this is not a pattern of what's happened this season with bad late game clock management situations. But the problem is against the Raiders a couple of weeks ago, They also got beat by the clock a little bit. The Chargers only got out of bounds on that final drive one time in their first seven plays after the two-minute warning. They ended up using all three timeouts, and that play that was overturned in the end zone that they thought was a touchdown, that was on third down. They should have had a fourth down play call, and they waited to use their timeouts after letting the clock run at times. It was inexplicable. It made no sense. And when you lose this many close games that the Chargers have, it's the little things that often matter most. Mm-hmm. And they don't do the little things well. And I fear for Anthony Lynn.
2: Yeah, <gasps> it's going to be pretty hard to overcome. It was going to be hard to overcome anyway, even if there's nothing tactically wrong. We said this about Mike McCoy in their San Diego days. There are times they lose games. And like I wouldn't say there was any bad decision that Mike McCoy made. They just got just stung by bad luck. And ultimately, somebody had to take the blame, and it was it was him. That was trending towards the situation with Anthony Lynn. Now, if they actually bank up some actual tangible reasons as to why he might not be fit to be the coach of the team moving forward, I mean, he might be definitely gone by the end of the year at this point. Yeah, I also, just on a more macro level, relating the, the Chargers back to the Rams, you saw two phenomenal defensive performances by Aaron Donald and Joey Bosa. And it shows you just as great as a pass rusher can be or an individual defensive player can be, you just can't overcome bad turnovers by the offense, bad management mm-hmm. by coaching. You know, there's only one position that matters the most. It is and probably
1: will always be the quarterback position. Yeah, and as good as those guys are, and they might be better at their position than anyone else is, even at quarterback. Yep. I maybe mean, Mahomes. Yep. But <laughs> they could be that good, and you still can't affect the game enough with Joey Bosa having three Sacks and what ten tackles oh, for yeah, a it couldn't loss be yesterday?
2: Just like Don, it could it not be beast. blocked. There was one particular play where Aaron Donald was being double teamed and he literally shoved down the guard and the tackle. Now I don't think he made a play on that play, but just to do that to collapse two big six five six eight grown men by yourself is stupid. He's still the best defensive Easily. player. Easily, yeah, double digits. you have ten sacks. And how many games have they played now? What is it? Tw- Thirteen games or whatever it is. Twelve games. And there's still plenty of time to go when he's being double teamed every single play.
1: They got a tough schedule remaining. They do.
2: They absolutely do. And I have one left my uh, biggest surprise as the Titans, not beating the Colts, but beating the brakes off the Colts (laughs) as bad as they did. Derrick Henry uh, putting together a season that's rivaled only by like Earl Campbell, OJ Simpson, and a couple of others. You start to wonder if he can put his name in the MVP candidate hat. I didn't get a chance to look this up this morning. I'm trying to remember the last non-quarterback to win the MVP award. And it might have been Ladanian Tomlinson back in, like in 2008 or whatever year that was when he had that record-breaking season when he had the most touchdowns by an individual player.
1: That sounds right. I don't know if well, a non-quarterback has won since then. Adrian Peterson
2: never won? I don't believe he ever won. He might have, but I don't believe he ever won Offensive player of the year, maybe? Offensive player of the year, possibly. But league MVP? I don't think there's been a non-quarterback since LT did it over a decade ago. Yeah. And Derrick Henry right now is not getting the pup for it. You know, before, it was a lot of Lamar Jackson could possibly, you know, uh, repeat. And now he's taking a bit of a downturn. Now Patrick Mahomes is thrust into the forefront along with Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers. But Derrick, yeah. but Derrick Henry, nowhere to be found, even though he's buoying that offense and just boloing over. By the way, the best defense in the NFL the Colts have been in the top three in every statistical category in defense all season long. And he ran them over. Run, bitch.
0: Run.
1: And he's still running. Speaking of bees. beast. Mode! My final category that I have left is also my surprise of the week. Surprise mother. I'm surprised. It still says Trubisky on the back of Mitch's Jersey and not something else. Something that starts with a B and ends with an itch. <laughs> Nas once said, life's a bitch, but so is Mitch. I'd rather have a guy with a big D who doesn't know how to use it out there, like Nick Foles, than Mitchell Trubitschke. But I still might take Mitch over Tom Brady right now. And here's why. Listen to this. Over their last 940 regular season pass attempts, Mitch, 45 touchdowns, 22 picks a QB rating of 89.6 Tom Brady over the same amount of pass attempts 42 touchdowns 17 interceptions a slightly lower passer rating of 88 in their last 29 starts now in the NFL Mitch 19 and 10 record Tom Brady 19 and 10 record if Mitch is a bitch what does that make Tom
2: I'd still rather take Tom Brady, to be honest with you. All those stats are nice.
0: All those stats are really, really nice. I'd rather have Tom
2: Brady's old ass back there than Mitch Trubisky right now. Yeah, I probably would too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those are your. Uh, that is your NFL uh, six pack. Let's get to some geek news.
0: By the science guys.
2: <laughs> nerds. Nerds.
0: nerd!
1: What is a nerd? Lone yeah. We're playing D tonight. You wanna come? Yeah. Geeks, what's up, guys? Geekman's world. Don't be jealous that I've been chatting online with mm-hmm. babes all day. Just keep your power gloves off her panel. Raise yourselves, gentlemen. Well, it's the most wonderful time of the year because of the holidays and because it's December, and that means 2020 is almost over. And if you're not over Netflix after they increased their standard price from twelve ninety nine to thirteen ninety nine, here's the new content you can enjoy in the month of December. Just in time for Christmas, it's three days to kill. With Kevin Costner doing his own Liam Neeson taken like movie, where he also has a particular set of skills, but so does Amber Heard, who plays his daughter in it. I've never seen it, but I know it's directed by McGee. The G stands for gaff, as all his movies are a mistake. Is this
2: like a made for TV or made for Netflix kind of movie kind of thing?
1: It should be. Well, I I've, think it came out in 2016 or 2017. I've never heard of it. Yeah. There's plenty of movies I haven't
2: seen, but most of them I've heard of. I've never heard of this movie.
1: Well, Mick G was a director on The Rise before Terminator Salvation. Okay. And a certain star in that movie going off on set. You're garbage. <laughs> but he also did crap like charlie's angels full throttle he started his career directing smash mouth videos okay that's all you need to know about mcg plus Are he calls smash himself mouth mcg music videos not good well smash mouth sucks i've never seen the i've probably seen a video but it's been so long okay. Who knows? but uh he's been in a mctail spin since that terminator incident which is a rant we will never forget um Moving on, Drew Barry was more forgetful than Tom Brady with downs this season. In the movie Fifty First Dates with Adam Sandler, which some say was an unforgettable rom-com, people really liked it when it came out back in 2004. Before people loved to hate Adam Sandler, the movie A Thin Line Between Love and Hate with Martin Lawrence, yep. who goes from play pimping, you could say. <laughs> with women, to getting scared into settling down thanks to a swim fan-like stalker she-devil type. Mm -hmm. That's also coming to Netflix. Which brings me to the next movie coming to Netflix, Angels and Demons, the follow-up to The Da Vinci Code where Tom Hanks runs around in this spiritual conspiracy world with hair plugs faker than his son Chet's Jamaican accent. Have you heard that guy? I have. (laughs) E.T. looked real because he was a puppet. And not bad CGI that doesn't age well, which is what we'd get if that movie came out today. And Spielberg even digitized some things with E.T. in the 2002 re-release, where the FBI agents went from carrying guns to (laughs) walkie-talkies. But Spielberg did come out a couple of years ago and say, you know, I made a mistake. I realized the error of my ways. Was that, the rating of
2: the movie changed because they moved, they took the guns out and put in walkie-talkies? And know. did he think he was going to get wider appeal if he made it more? I say it, more it, family friendly. I feel like it was an
1: unfamily friendly <laughs> to begin with. So I don't know what the they said penis in it once. I don't, I, I don't um, know if they took that out too. Uh. <laughs> now he blamed George Lucas. He threw shade towards George. Because he said, well, he was doing it first, altering Star Wars. Call right. oh, your friend under the bus. Right. <laughs> but the good news is Spielberg says he'll never do it again. So we won't have to worry about Jurassic Park replacing, you know, Muldoon's gun with uh, a walkie talkie, mm. I guess. Clever girl. You're a smart motherfucker. I don't have smart. clever girl in here anymore. Are you effing? Ki- okay. Clever girl. Or John Hammond's spared no expense ice cream. Hopefully it never gets replaced by non-fat yogurt or vegan crap for today's particular well, health-conscious palates. If the movie was coming out today, they absolutely would. Oh, yeah. You know those Hollywood types. But since I'm talking about it, Jurassic Park is coming to Netflix. Not just the first one. You get Lost World if you want it. You also get uh, <clears throat> Jurassic Park 3.
0: That is one big pile of shit.
1: They're all coming back to the streaming service. Speaking of puppetry over CGI characters, the crime comedy The Happy Time Murders with Melissa McCarthy, looking pretty stuffed herself, is on the netty. Never heard of that one either. <laughs> Came out a couple years ago. I don't know how well it did. But the Nikki, as in Little Nicky with Adam Sandler, okay. where he plays the son of Satan in a devil of a bad time of an unfunny movie, is back on the streaming service. It was nominated for not just one, but five Razzie Awards in the year 2000. But it would lose all five categories to Battlefield Earth with John Travolta, whose career is barely staying alive with mostly straight-to-video flicks. Is
2: Battlefield Earth also coming to Netflix?
1: <laughs> that one's not. That's okay. the only one i mentioned so far is not. Okay. I just want to take a shot at Scientology and gotcha. end up getting killed. Uh, Jennifer Garner... Is being financially supported by more than just Capital One commercials. As just a couple of years ago, she went back to her alias ways in the movie Peppermint. But this ain't Peppermint Patty. This is Peppermint Packing, where Jay Garr turns to vigilanteism to avenge her family's murders. But the movie was really just a chance for her to blow off some steam. She had some angst after you know Ben Affleck cheated on her with the nanny at Nanny Cam. Not just for catching the nanny. Mm. That's a rumor though.
2: <laughs> Wait, the rumor that he was banging the nanny or the rumor yeah. that it was caught
1: on tape? No, I don't think it was ever confirmed okay. that he was banging her. But she was hot. Rumor <laughs> okay. uh Okay. Tom Selleck, like Jay Gar, was looking to exact some revenge in Quigley Down Under. Good movie. Heard of it. Haven't seen it. Richard Gere went down under in Pretty Woman, and he and Julia Roberts get back together in Runaway Hooker. I mean, Runaway Bride. Mm. <laughs> And while not a direct sequel, Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married may explore some similar subjects, but if you want to end on a positive note, although I'm guessing this title is sarcastic, you can also watch Tyler Perry's "Medea's Big Happy Family. Pass. (laughs) Passes it to the man. (laughs) Not a lot of good stuff coming to Netflix in December. Wow. They're
2: really uh, dropping the ball. How many rights have they lost? With the Peacock and with the Disney Plus and with the Hulu and the with the, all the from, other streaming services that I haven't, you know.
1: HBO Max. That I haven't mentioned. You yeah. know what I mean? HBO Max, which is now on uh, Amazon. They got their
2: deal worked out. Netflix so, is
1: raising prices yeah. while lowering quality content. <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster.
2: Is Netflix going to get Netflixed? What they did to Blockbuster? like Netflix was the first revolutionary giant mm-hmm. you know, streaming chain. And now are they going to get sucked up? And eaten away by the competition. I don't know if they'll ever go away in the next
1: fifteen well, years they keep or so. they
2: putting out garbage material. <laughs> You're garbage. They keep putting out B movies. The Queen's Gambit sure. keep talking about it. And you know that and that's the thing that if nothing else is gonna buoy them if they continue to churn out original content too yeah. that people love. Maybe that'll be enough to keep them afloat.
1: They have their own exclusive content, just like every other channel. So, you know what? They're online channels. That's all they are. Yeah. On-demand online channels. I'll
2: give them credit for that because they started making original content maybe about eight years ago, give or take. Um, And, look, imagine if they were solely relying on rights from other you know tv oh. shows and other movies they would be dead by now
1: they foresaw this issue yeah
2: so good for them for getting out ahead of it so even if they lost the rights to every single solitary non netflix movie they would still have a decent enough library to probably keep themselves afloat with good stuff, with really good content, really good shows, really good documentaries.
1: I just wonder, am I still getting the 9.99 grandfathered in price, or am I at 13.99 now? You might I want to log into your uh,
2: account and just double check that.
1: It's not gonna matter. I'm gonna stick with. I'm no, I mean, just.
0: You say, like, "Oh
2: man, I'll pay ten dollars." I don't know what y'all talking about. 13.99. I was like, I'm, <laughs> unless you're not, unless you're watching non-HD channels, which I highly doubt is the case. You're probably up there with the rest of us. SD.
1: SDs. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Nobody does that anymore.
2: Uh, thank you guys for listening and not calling. What hell's wrong with you people? Yeah. Give us a call for later this week. 949-478-1197. Call us. Leave us a voicemail. Uh, let us know how your Thanksgiving weekend went. Maybe you trampled somebody at Walmart looking for Turbo Man. Who knows? Let us know.
1: Yeah. Or 50-inch TV for 50 yeah. bucks. And
2: again, if you did not, go to FNApodcast.com and click on the Amazon banner before you purchase items from Amazon.com. Hit us up on Twitter as well. Uh, I'm at KFig1. Adam is at Follow Adam A. We are at FNA Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
1: We should, for the, little, the late show this week, try to hook up with this guy.
0: That's what she said!
1: I I hear he's on the USC game Sunday night if they play it. USC is going to allow that? They're going to be cool with Petros being on the call?
2: That's going to be awesome. (laughs) That's why we have to get him on. We'll track down the OP. We haven't had him on in a couple of weeks, so he'll come on and yell at us and give us a hard time like he always does. Talk a little college football, what has been happening, and there's been a lot, and a lot of games not being played, and a lot of things being thrown up into the air. The committee had their first release last week. Amid controversy, which, of course, there always is. BYU. More so, more so this year because of the unique circumstances. Yeah. There's a chance that Ohio State could finish the season at, like, 5-0, and not be eligible to make the uh, Big Ten title game, and still go to the college football playoff because the committee can de- deem them worthy enough. The I, committee has no – there's nothing him stopping them from taking somebody. There's a team that could be 2-0, and and if they think they're good enough, they could just put them in the playoff if they want.
1: I thought early in the season there's no way if USC goes undefeated – That they would not make the college football playoff because of the USC, but now they're missing games and Oregon lost to Oregon State. Yep. So they can't even get a great win in the Pac-12 championship game anymore. Yeah, I think they're after. Yeah,
2: they're after Pac-12's (laughs) done. They're they're after all, unless the ACC totally blows up and Alabama loses twice, which is not happening. uh, They're they're screwed. Cincinnati has a better case to get in before than USC does. What does that say about it? Especially if Cincinnati happens to schedule BYU at some point. Northwestern. Before the, before the season ends. Oh, no, Northwestern, just Ohio State, right? Northwestern just oh, lost. Northwestern just lost this past weekend. They so. lost that game? Yeah. So. Well, that was a big letdown. Yeah, Northwestern's done. So, But look, yeah, what Northwestern can do is if they go to the Big Ten title game and if Ohio State's even eligible to make it, and Northwestern beats them, that can, cause, that can cause a little bit of flux. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see. We can sort all that out or try our best to sort it out with the OLP coming up later this week. So look forward to that. And uh, we thank you guys again for listening to the show. Thank you for your support. We appreciate it, as always. Poor Adam. Maybe
1: call. Please call. Be a little bit more supportive. But go yeah. to the Put Amazon the link today at FNApodcast.com. Uh, that, you can make up for it there. That's a
2: great way to support, too. And we, we would greatly appreciate it. And we appreciate you. Until later this week Maybe like the tweet When we put it out for, Okay I'm And done. retweet it oh, for, for Adam I'm Kevin This has been the FNA Podcast
0: Hold on one second here Oh fuck Lactose intolerance
1: plus.